COVID is your wake up call to actually starting to go, hang on a minute, the political systems, the economic systems, the religious systems, every system that I've been exposed to is there for my suppression. It's time for me to become the architect of my life and my society. And the only way I can do that is not on my own, sitting in my front room, having a cup of coffee and watching, I don't know, Netflix. Hey everyone, welcome back to the U versus U podcast, where I talk with members of the Council for Human Development about how we can expand our minds and recode reality. Today, I'm going to talk to Kern about our current global situation. So Kern, um, you know, there's currently a lot going on. And one point that I would really like to start with is recently, personally, I was very curious and I looked up the global death rates over the years, right? Given the fact that we're in a pandemic, I thought they would increase a lot. And I saw that lately you actually posted a video where Tony Robbins was talking about the fact that the same number of people died in 2020 as in the years before. And the same number of old people died in 2020 as 2019, 2018. And like, I'm wondering how is this also possible if we're actually in a pandemic? It's a really interesting question and one that is terribly loaded with controversy um, and also labelled with conspiracy theorists um, attached to it as the underlying principle, which is the first default mechanism of generally the masses who have been fed that line by government again and again and again. So they don't question what is in front of them. And this is polarizing society at the moment within families, within relationships, within all sorts of things, which is desperately worrying for us as a society. So, you know, as we talk through this, maybe we can sort of uh, look at it from an objective point of view. When we're training people in accelerated mind, where the first position we're saying is accept your ignorance. Without that, you end up having a judgmental view that is an adopted belief system from somebody that you've experienced. It's not yours. You've had to have got it somewhere. And then it's a question of what is the truth of that? And to give you an example of that relating to um, a conversation, because I go onto Facebook a lot of times and literally pick fights with people, um, not, not fisticuffs, but really I, I get them to start thinking a little bit deeper, especially when they're quite polarized in their view. And um, in this particular conversation, I was uh, using the Tony Robbins example um, to illustrate a point and said, look, and what do you think of this? And this um, and a number of the people on this feed, they jumped in quite dramatically and said, loudmouth American, what does he know? Conspiracy theorist, all this sort of thing. Now we're talking, and I had to say to them and, and bring it back a bit and say, could you just take the emotion out of this for a second before you jump in? Let's just look at Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is worth, I don't know, like half a billion. Um, he's a main lead figure in the world. He's worked with Clinton, major yeah, leaders totally. all over the world. Totally respected, mainstream guy. Um, and through a person's unawareness of him, they're going, he's a conspiracy theorist. And you go, well, this is what's endemic in society. It's ignorance and not researching and asking the better quality questions. So Tony Robbins, what he came out and said was that John Hopkins um, um, brought out, they were looking on the website of theirs, they had the statistical figures based around the fact that there was no more deaths than there had been in, as you rightly say, in 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, so and so, so and so and so, so on. Um, so it was a particular uh, thing that he was expressing to actually 40,000 people on a call, which was a private call that I'd recorded um, on, on a video. So when you look at this, uh, you have to ask what, what is 
Tony Robbins agenda here. Um, it's really to say to people that maybe everything isn't as it may be, and maybe we have to start stepping out of what we've been accepting as a box and start questioning everything. And this means that we've got to ask better quality questions of why we view in a certain way. Who does it serve? Where does it come from? Is it progressive or regressive? And looking at it, just moving forward and what he said, you know, the, the, the main key point that I, 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 I illustrated with these people was, okay, Tony Robbins, he doesn't have a lot to gain here, but if he actually stirs up a nest here, then he's got a lot to lose as far as credibility is concerned. So there's no gain in that for the guy. Also, what he's addressing is the fact on their website, John Hopkins, it, it's that that information has been removed. It was there and now it's gone. And using um, software that you can get available these days where you can trace back what was on a website before, you can look that it was there, but now it's gone. And you have to ask the question, why is there censorship in the world? Um, why is the figures being manipulated? And then you're going to go, OK, well, they're not. Because I believe, for example, in response to that, I had a guy from England go, well, no, I, I, the, the Office for National Statistics are saying this, and it's, it's not true what Tony Robbins is saying. And his words were, he's full of shit. Okay. Um, and and that, that's fairly aggressive. And I had to say, look, could you take the emotion out of it again and just look at it objectively? And another gentleman came on and, said, and posted a report from 2018 on the Office of Inst uh, National Statistics in the UK, how they got everything completely wrong and, and how this had been brought into the public domain and that, they were, that the figures were not correct in a long way. That was back a few years ago. So what we're finding is that people are in such, um, and, and I hate to use the term, but a fear-based mindset, which is where in neurological terms, they've gone from where they would normally thinking, which is a more of a creative view, down through the limbic system, which is more logical, into the stem of the brain, where they're, they're so wanting to get out of the problem now. They've been so reinforced with fear across a year that you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, this is terrible, that they literally, the mind cannot think its way out of the problem. And if it can't think its way out of the problem, it's going to get frustrated, it's going to get anxious, it's going to get aggressive. And really, this is what we see in society. And if you're in this fear mindset, you just get brain fog, you can't really think. And what you were just expressing to me about someone that you know that you know that been out on a date um, and, and how people were responding to that in absolute fear and not even wanting to come near that person. Um, for me, I'm just broaching 60 and do I care about COVID? Not a top, not, not a jot. Um, I've got a, 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 an 83 year old mother. Um, would I want her vaccinated? Absolutely not. Why do I not want her vaccinated? Because one, I don't trust the government. To, from long experience across my, my, my whole life, I don't trust the medical profession. Um, I, a lot of people want to step out of it, but I've done, I've, I've worked with the medical profession. I've been involved in it. Um, I've worked, I've, I've had relations, half my family die because of misdiagnosis. Now, you know, I, I don't have the love of the medical profession most people tend to want to have. Um, and really, if you look at the medical profession, they are, they, they tend to work along the lines of big pharma. They all take orders. It's like a huge pyramidal system and a hierarchy. So when people go to the doctor and they get a bit of advice, they think, you know, that's impartial and that's good and that's, everything's cool. But really, the, the doctors and everybody in it are towing a line. And if you step out of line in, the, in that pyramidal system, you will get kicked out. You will be <laughs> taken out of the equation. Um, and people don't recognize this. These people's careers are on the line. They're, their incomes, their bills, everything. So they cannot step out. And people tend to think of the medical profession as being some sort of saintly profession. 
um, it's, it's, just, it's just another profession where people have the same difficulties as us, but have the same pressures. And there's a lot of people in the medical profession trying to speak out. But at the moment, uh, we've got a world of massive censorship. And, and, and you, you've only got to look at, at Donald Trump, whether you love him or, or hate him or whatever you feel about him. You've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, you've got YouTube, you've got big uh, main leaders of public opinion censoring the US president so he can't say a word to the people. Now, if you take, for example, something like what was going on, but people going insurrection, anarchy in the capital and this, that and the other, and Trump incited this. Well, look at the speech that he did. Look at it in detail. What did he exactly say? What did he exactly say? We're going to go and we want to meet peaceful march down there and, 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 and as peaceful people. What did he say when the, the riots were coming on? He said, let's be peaceful. Let's not do it. Let's respect law and order, which is what he has always professed, law and order. He's a law and order person. Yet what you have is the main media showing a particular slant to stuff. And we have a very, very, very biased world at the moment that is going in a position which is quite deeply difficult for people to get their heads around, and rightly so, because it becomes confusing. We as individuals have to give up our belief in religion. We have to give up our belief in the political structure. We have to give up corporate structure. We have to give up social structure, economic structure. We've got to give up everything that we took to believe was normal and now reevaluate this and for the average person in their sense of being their sense of identity this is one off of a psychotic episode or a neurotic episode and where we as we progress down this line the psychological impact of the uh, the, the 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 abuse of power and i'll put it bluntly the abuse of power through stupidity ignorance arse covering um, and really, I would probably, I, I know on the Tony Robbins video, he said there's a lot of people who thought there would be 3% deaths, but now know that it's a fraction of a percent, but are still going along the same line because they've caused so much damage in their original assessment, which came out of pretty well um, Imperial College in London by one particular guy who was working with Sage. I can't remember his name, I've probably deleted it from my memory because he's such a, a bad character as far as assessment is concerned, because a lot of people in the scientific world are ego bound. They just want to be right. They want their Nobel Prize. Uh, most of the scientific world is silent. They just work in labs and they, uh, they really are trying to work for the best of humanity. But there is those few. And it's exactly the same in the corporate world. The corporate world has top leaders, CEOs, who are one-off psychopaths because they put profits over people. Now, it's exactly the same in the medical world. You have people who put their careers over people. And that's a hard thing for people to get. In the scientific medical world, same thing. What I study is human nature. I'm not interested in conspiracies. I'm interested in social development. I'm interested in what's going to happen and why it's going to happen and what needs to happen in society and what factions are there that are trying to steer things in the right way. If we take a particular person like Bill Gates, Bill Gates, very rich man, uh, but he has his own views and they're very strong views. And what he's doing, he thinks he's doing right in the world because he's convinced himself he is. But is that is it necessarily right? And uh, you, you've got to go into the person. And if you want to find out about a person, don't listen to conspiracy. Just listen to what they say in interviews. And when Bill Gates talks in an interview, when he was asked, you know, do you, you know, what do you think of the human spirit? He said, I don't have any evidence for that. So you know he's what's called a technocrat. 
And a technocrat is going in one route and one route only. That is technology can solve all the problems of humanity and humanity is the problem. And that is overpopulation. It's been, for the, the new people to the block here, um, they're, they're not aware of it, but I've been listening to this conversation for over 50 years. You know, they're not aware of that going on in that position where people started talking about ages ago that we needed population control and manipulation. And if we take it back even before my life, back to the 1920s, we're talking about the Rockefeller Foundation looking at eugenics. And that was very popular before the Second World War, as was technocracy. In other words, technology would be able to control human decisions and really control human lives. And then because Hitler came along, um, the fascists were working quite happily with the Rockefeller Foundation until, you know, it got a bit out of hand and America came into the war. But they were doing something where they were looking to improve humanity, to use eugenics to actually take out those, those that they didn't deem worthy of life. And this has risen and it's been written about in many, many journals, not just me talking about but the, in the recent years, because of stem cell research, because of all the research in medical science, that this possibility of making a more perfect human has risen ahead again. But what does this mean for the, you know, the average person? What is a perfect human? A perfect human is anything with life that actually sits there and smiles. That's a perfect human. Most of us have forgotten how to smile. Wouldn't you say that a perfect human is most productive to advance humanity? Then it becomes productive as a word. Productive in what way? I mean, productive in our social terms for the last godzillions of years has always been, you know, in the 1950s, sitting in a massive office, all just one desk after another desk. You only got to look at pictures of people sitting in offices in the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s. We started finally to move away from that. But, uh, you, you know, to go and work in a corporation, you had to give up you. You have yeah. to give up your identity, everything you believe in, and sit there and even if someone's saying that it's that something that you don't agree with you have to because they're paying your bills there's a guy on a call with me today and he said look he used to work for work for reed employment in england it's a big big um, recruitment company and he was sick one day and he, he and uh, he said i might have to take a day off at the end of the week and and his boss said to him here at reed we don't take days off we don't recognize being sick well, hang on a minute it's in my contract that i can you know if yeah. I'm, i don't want to come to work with sickness no we don't we don't have sick days we so, just work so what do you think also generally speaking why is this lockdown still going on like who's really benefiting from this <sighs> it's, it's, uh, look if covid hadn't come along it needed to come along all right, let's put it bluntly. Um, we're going in the next 10 years into a social revolution re where artificial intelligence and machine learning is going to take away the jobs. Now, a lot of people, I've been in this for 10 years as far as looking at AI, looking at what it's going to do, the impact sociologically, and, and, and what's going to be necessary. So, you know, I, I do come from a point of a little bit of research more than the average person on this. I knew that in, the, in this particular decade, within the growth of AI, that really every job would be lost. And this means lawyers, accountants, doctors, uh, uh, medical staff, project managers, IT people, everybody. Um, I was on a radio show, radio show back in 2014, which was um, based around, um, I think it was Oxford University released a report that 42% people, I think it was, would be out of work within the next 20 years. Remember, we're already um, 
quite I mean, a few years down on that. Al- already now, so many people are losing their jobs because of COVID, right? No, but that's the illusion. Um, it is true and it's not true because just before COVID, um, last the year before COVID, if you look at the stats, which I was following, which wasn't publicized, by the way, in a great big way, you know, Ford cars were letting go 22,000, Citibank 10,000, um, uh, Credit Suisse four and a half thousand, uh, the energy company in England, I can't remember the name of it, um, uh, and again, around about um, 6,000. You know, we're talking big figures coming out. I think um, Deutsche Bank, 18,000, that was last, that was September before last. So this was a progressive situation on an exponential growth curve. So it wasn't something new because of COVID, which is what tends to be put forward. Companies were looking for a way to get rid and shed staff and COVID, God bless its socks, has come along at the right time to give them the opportunity to let people go to home, work from home. And that's a lot easier to let people go because people don't realize other people are going. Um, And this, uh, so really, as far as social evolution is concerned, we need to, people need to redefine of what they can be in society, what role they can play. Um, when you're talking 42% of people out of work, or, or was Ray Kurzweil of Silicon Valley talks about that by 2030, pretty well all human activity will be replaced by AI. This threatens people's very existence. And they will argue, become annoyed by it, and it become very irritated very quickly because they don't have a solution to that problem in their own minds. Now, if you look at um, what's happened in the last number of years, especially with COVID, in the last 20 years, the... Um, in English law, um, there have been more changes to civil liberties and English laws relating to control than there have been the three, 300 years before. So you know it's a path of progression. COVID's accelerated this, so many, many companies are letting people go here in Zurich. Um, Zurich Insurance, 11,000 just after Christmas, uh, are going to be scheduled to go away. Um, uh, I think one of the banks here, they're letting closing all the branches. Um, UBS, they're closing loads and loads of branches, people going out of work. You've only got to go onto the internet to ask how many people are going out of work from what companies, and you'll have all the airlines, like um, EasyJet, 900 pilots, Boeing, 10,000. It's just the list is endless. And this isn't really spoken about, but it was something, if you're familiar with the uh, World Economic Forum, which is held in Davos each year, um, around about this time, um, not this year, um, they were talking two years ago, I think the only two people that brought up this subject of AI losing jobs was Jack Mao and Tony Blair, um, that they were looking, and um, Elon Musk has suggested it's the biggest threat to humanity, forget everything else. And it still is, it remains so, because we have to re-engage ourselves and the biggest question they were asking was what is a human being going to do if it doesn't have a job mm-hmm. and in a technocrat view in a, a eugenics view it's useless it's been a consumer and it's been a generator of wealth but once that's taken away you don't have a value but in in, in egotistical terms we do but in social terms we don't yeah. so uh, and, and again this gets people go oh hey, well that's conspiracy no it's social development it's social science let's just cut away from this stupid mass thing that's been dished out which is conspiracy theory and we just forget that for a second kick it into touch and just be practical everybody watching this is going to be out of a job in the next 10 years and if you're not getting on the page at the moment you're going to end up as a victim and, and really for me, for the last 15 years, I've been trying to create a mechanism that could provide people with sustainable work. Uh, but the big question for people was always, well, back in the, um, you know, the Industrial Revolution, um, people still found jobs and the new jobs were created. 
that is their first error. The jobs are based around the style of thinking that human beings are conditioned into having. We've all been conditioned out of our what Dr. George Land in a, 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 in a, a survey, a, a, an assessment for NASA found was that five-year-olds, 98% of them have a genius level of innovative creative potential. By the time people are 31, that's down to 2%. People on this planet at the moment are using a fraction, and I'm talking under 5% of their available capacity. They're being conditioned to be slaves within society and get on a, a hamster wheel. That We know the hamster wheel. It's money, bills, money, bills, have the weekend, yeah. a holiday, that's it. It's, you know, if you put a hamster, if you put a, a hamster can do it. It doesn't think an awful lot. Stick a human being on it. What symptoms will you get? You'll get anxiety. You'll get depression. You'll get um, self-doubt. You'll get suicide. You'll get all of these different things. And we have a society completely littered with this. Yet we still go in the same direction. Society isn't based around profits. It's based around people. And we've just got it inverted. We got it up the wrong way because a few at the top, probably 400 people, 99% of the wealth, and the rest of us on this planet are happy kicking around for the crumbs. What do I mean by that? Statistically, nine out of 10 businesses go bust within the first few years, okay? What does that mean? It means for one person to be successful in 10, nine have to fail. So all that money goes to that one. That's the real thing in capitalism. And if you don't, you know, but people go, no, 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 I want to strive for this top position. A fraction of people get to the top position and everybody else doesn't get anything. Go look at that acting industry. You know, how many actors can you name? Probably a handful. Yeah. How many actors try to go into that industry? Hundreds, if not thousands. And they all live hand to mouth to try to get on this one dream that a handful can get to. Because this everyone is... wants to have that good life because everyone wants to have the freedom, right? Everybody wants the good life, but we've been sold a bag, what we call in England, a bag of spanners. Really, all we've done is been sold to chase this illusion that all of us think we can get to because our ego tells us, and you know, everyone's going success, 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 go to learn more, go to learn more. But frankly, you know, if I said to you go into a casino and, and you've got a nine out of 10 chance of failing, would you put your money on that kind of bet? 90% failure rate? Uh, no, but people do it. And because they, without any sense, any knowledge of the game. And this is why people fail. But it's also, the game is rigged because 400 people, maybe, I don't know the number, but they have 99% of the world's wealth. The other percent is shared between the other seven and a half billion or whatever it is. If that makes sense to you, you need to come speak to me at my clinic. We'll go on a therapy course for a while and we'll put you through some understanding of where you're going wrong in your thinking here because your thinking at the moment is causing the poverty, it's causing the pain and has been doing since you came on this planet. It's not your fault, but you've been conditioned to think in a certain way. And that now has to stop for all of our very survival because with your answer to the question with COVID, COVID will go on. If you listen to Bill Gates at the moment, He's going and saying, well, I can't see people coming together, I don't know, maybe 18 months at best. Wow. That's what Bill Gates is saying. That Bill is Gates crazy. is, yeah, he's fine funding the World Health Organization. He's, Bill and Gates, um, Melinda Gates Foundation is funding lots of this. Moderna, all the vaccine companies. You can see an interview with him talking about just how good an ROI is, rate of return, on the actual vaccination. Why did he move out of computers to go into vaccinations? It's huge money, yeah, huge money. If you vaccinate sense. the flipping planet 
I mean, how much money are these companies going to make? How many times have they actually created vaccines? Some of the companies have never done it before. There was an investigation in London about PPE equipment. Yeah? People are going, oh, I need to wear a mask. There is no, I'm going to say a word here, there's no fucking evidence at all that masks make any slightest fucking difference to the whole world. And I have to use that word because it really is getting annoying when people start going on, I'm following the science because they've never looked at it. There was a Lancet article released way back last year about uh, research into um, COVID, uh, sorry, into masks. Fauci, the American leader of the, the medical profession, for, and, and all the English government has said, no, masks aren't relevant. Yeah? That, that you don't need to wear a mask in the first section of COVID. And now you do. Okay. Okay. So why have you changed your mind? Oh, the reason is because we've got more data. Really? Um, where did that data come from? Um, okay. The Lancet. What did the Lancet think? It was a mass long piece of information that said at the bottom, the ultimate piece of science, it might help. All right. Well, that's definitive. Thank you very much for that one. We're going to stick everybody all over the planet in a mask because it might help. Once everyone went into a mask, what exactly did happen and has happened since the, uh, September? Oh, dear. The whole infection rate apparently has gone up all over the world. So has anyone just scratched their head a little bit and gone, masks are not working? It doesn't make the slightest bit of difference. And then ask, why isn't it making a bit of a difference? In Bavaria, in, in Germany, you know, they, you know what they're doing? They're now getting people to actually not upgrade their mask to a medical mask because the other mask didn't work because they don't work, because the RNA test, even by the guy who invented it, said it was never designed for this kind of thing. Even the World Health Organization is now going, yes, please dial down your amplification because you're getting so many false positives. Their amplification was up to 40 or 50 when it over 35 was ridiculous. So all of this bullshit, and I'm going to call it bullshit about people getting COVID, is absolute rubbish. What they're finding is old information, genetic information that they might have had a cold, they might have had this, but it recognizes it as material. This is being put, this isn't me conspiracy, this is science. And if you want to follow the fucking science, I'm saying some of you need to get off your asses and stop talking and start yelling at people like I am right now, and just start realizing that this is part of a bigger picture. If COVID was, just COVID as an example, you know, did it come from some random bat where a guy made some soup from it? No. One of the guys, and this is an investigation going on at the moment by key investigators for, for people who are working for major papers, it's starting to come aloud that Fauci and the Obama administration, they were looking to try to create a man-made virus over, after, out of coronavirus, and it was being funded. Obama withdrew it because it was just too dangerous. They just said, well, if we make this, we can't, it's like, you know, opening Pandora's box. It might be doing for the best of reasons, but it's got such a risk to it. But Fauci went on and still funded it, and they got funding still, and they moved the, invest the, the actual work to Wuhan. Now, oh, that's a random coincidence. This isn't conspiracy. This is fact. Even Donald Trump talked about it in the beginning of last year. The mesh media shut him up. Now, you can say what you like about Donald Trump, but in the end of the day, I don't know him. You don't know him. We know what the media tells us about him, and we know the quotes that it give us. And I'm going to tell you this, it's completely twisted. You just got to open your mind to look at it. I'm not a Trumper, before you start saying that. I'm a person that cares about humanity and cares about truth. That is what we need to start doing, comparing about truth. We cannot look to the leaders anymore. 
they are compromised. Fauci is compromised, yet what we've got is Biden now giving him excess powers to run the situation. He created the situation because in Wuhan, the laboratories that were working with the coronavirus, they were even two years ago looked at and said, you, you can't, you're working at level three and level four security, but it's not working for you. It's compromised. Now, the stuff that they were working with came from a thousand miles away. What some bat flew into Wuhan from a thousand miles away. But funnily enough, the doctor, I can't remember his name, that works closely with Fauci on the program two years ago was working in Wuhan and went a thousand miles to get samples from bats because bats uh, have the, the right sort of viruses in them that they can start to investigate. So through possibly an error, I don't know, that they release this into the world. So is there a virus? Undoubtedly there is. Is it as bad as they're making out? Undoubtedly not, because the statistics tell us that we've got a fraction of a percentage of dying. It's sad for those people who do, but what's been happening is because of uh, stats coming out early on, about 3% of people dying, and this never ever coming up, uh, probably 0.2% is a better relation, they've gone on a route where it's serving somebody's agenda. Whether and, that was created what, or not, what do you think matter. also of the new virus that's in the UK of the new mutation that is potentially even more dangerous? Oh well, there's more mutations coming out that you can shake a stick at at the moment because it keeps people in fear. Because at the moment there's there's something called the Great Reset, and if you haven't heard of it, go to the World Economic Forum. They've got a whole piece on it. Prince Charles is part of it, as many many people are. If you haven't heard of the Bilderbeck Group, um, then you 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 you're not keeping up with things. These people are rich people that meet around the world each year to decide what they feel and, and influential people that the world should do. It's not conspiracy, it's what leaders do. Um, your governments are not relevant in this equation. What's creepy about governments is that every time there's a change in decision, all governments do the same thing. So they're all linked working together now. So you realize that we're moving to this one world government and that there is an agenda that the World Economic Forum with Klaus, whatever his name, Schwab, uh, who runs that and, and there's a book on it they, they want to actually change society because it has to change because people will be losing their jobs so covid is supporting that and now we're down this far down the road even prince charles in interviews going this is a wonderful opportunity covid has given us a wonderful opportunity to reset the whole thing so we can build society again what does that mean it means that we as individuals start to have to really bow down to what those leaders are suggesting Rightly so think, or wrongly. They, so you think that the situation will be worse in the end for us than it was before a couple of years? What, what could be worse? Well, everyone says what was, was was good. What was was pretty bad in the first place. If you're talking about from the psychological prize, I have a clinic in Zurich, uh, anxiety, pain, um, depression, self-harm, suicide. What part of that is good? Um, people going, okay, I've got a job 40 hours a week. I'm treated like a dog. I'm a slave. I go to, you know, but I'm happy with my job and I enjoy my job. I hate my boss. Um, but, uh, you know, it's <laughs> such flipping contradiction. It's psychologically <laughs> mad, mad. And you go, and these people are going, I want it back to that. It's because it's a bit like a lion in a cage. It's only ever known the cage. Yeah. At the moment, some people are getting a sniff of freedom and they go, That, that, that smells quite nice. Other people are going, oh, please don't, don't, don't. That's scary. That's the unknown. Believe you me, in the next 10 years, we're going to go through more changes that you can shake a stick at. COVID is the beginning. It's not the end. 
it's the beginning of the end of the beginning. Um, and it really will be a position where, you know, if you look at Bill Gates's suggestion, 18 months, and then you look at what they're doing in England, where they go, oh, we're going to do a lockdown. Now, let's take lockdown this one. You know, it's done just after New Year and people were going and I see on the Internet, oh, everybody went out New Year partying and this is what's called the lockdown. No, my, people I know in the military, they were told two or three weeks before that there was going to be a lockdown just after Christmas. <laughs> so you've got people talking shit all the time. They don't know. And what they're being told by governments is not truth. It's they're being given what's called pressure release. It's a particular psychological technique which allows you to feel that there's an endpoint. Oh, that endpoint's been taken away. Then there's an endpoint and that's taken away. And we've seen this like, you know, OK, it's going to be February, mid-February. Oh, no, it's going to be mid-March. Now we're talking about mid-May. Uh, yeah. And it, it varies all the time. So what you also as a psychological technique is you use lots of conflicting information and even the most intellectual person cannot work it out because it doesn't make sense. And what you'll find in SAGE in, in the scientific community in, in England, for example, they're going, none of these decisions are making sense anymore. None of it makes sense. None of it's working. But we have to go along with the stupidity because we've been going along that road for a while. Social distancing doesn't really make sense. Yeah, of course it does, Kern. It's scientifically evidence proved. No, it doesn't because it, all the, all the uh, stats are going up. Are the death rate going up? Well, no. no. Some countries, they're going down. Um, and there's no change. So is it possible that the figures are being manipulated by people who want to do some arse covering? Do you really believe in these politicians? Do you believe that they want their career more than they want your safety? That's the question you're being asked. And at this moment, anyone who's got a brain at the moment, half on duty, is going to realise that politicians are there to lie to people to get votes, tell them what they want and to preserve their asses because that's their career. They don't want to lose their job or don't want to be seen to be wrong. And they don't want to be saying oh, this is the way to go, and then halfway down the road go, oh, no, I got it wrong, because that's your career over. They cannot stop the ball rolling. But what does that do? It benefits those people who have this social agenda that they know that society has to change, and the route to take that is to put everybody on a basic income. Furlough has already done that to a degree with some people. It's going to take all the small businesses out of the equation because this is all, as they see it, part of the problem in the fact we live in a consumerist society. They are completely correct. But what they are missing is one key factor. That is, what is the future of humanity? What is it that humans can do when they lose their jobs? And the they, they don't recognize this, but if you look at what I said to the study of Dr. George Land, we talk about five, you know, that genius level at five, the age of five, and it's gone by 30. But then we ask the question, can it be re-engaged? Yes, it can. There are psychological processes and systems in place that can do this. And if we teach people these processes, then they can teach others these processes. And what that means is we stop being slaves to technology where we just have a very dark future where everybody wants to be linked to a cloud and people tell us what to think because we've got a chip in the brain, or we go on this consciousness route where we start to open up and re-engage the five-year-old. We become creative, we become visionary. All of the people listening to this have this right now because when you go to sleep at night, you have dreams that have people, places of events and all sorts of things that are quite amazing. As you go further down the consciousness road, this capacity of your mind to create it goes exponentially. I'm going to give you an example of that. The other night I was dreaming about, I got on this super yacht. You know, I'd never been on a super yacht before. In my dream, it was incredibly specific to every detail, every nuance, every piece of interior design, um, you know, every piece of machinery. You know, this is not what I've ever seen before. 
but my brain is constructing this in my sleep that would have taken interior designers and, and architects, boat architects, years to create. And it's doing it immediately. You know, this is the capacity of a human being. And we go, oh, that's just our dreams. But it's not. It's if we start to wake up and put it into our daily lives, then we become the visionary pathfinders of the future. Our visions will be brought forth by artificial intelligence that will work in partnership with us. And we will go to the other side of the universe in a very short space of time. That is one route for you all, if you want it. That means it's freedom. It's a really equality-based, equal opportunity, working together, co-creating future that is what humanity was always designed to have. If you want to go the other route, it's a pyramidal structure where we're all suppressed and the, the, those that are the elite in the world get to live in a world where we're stuck in our houses and put into tech cities because we haven't got a job and no purpose. The elites of the world don't see potential in human beings. And even human beings don't see potential in themselves right now. And this is a hard message to get across. It really is. So what do you think is the best thing we can do at the moment? The best thing we can do is start to work together. We start to create an ecosystem. Now, with what we've created over the last years, we've created a nonprofit, which is a social movement for people to join at whatever position they want. It's complete equality, a meritocracy. There are no salaries. It's just on activity, the exchange of and, and working to help people. We train trainers in consciousness to train other people. Our core market is people coming out of work and approaching corporations and saying, look, we can provide these people with sustainable work. It's a, a, an amazing opportunity. It's the greatest opportunity that humanity has ever seen. It's not coaching, it's mental acceleration. To give you an example of that, there's a, a particular organization called Thrive that have just got a contract with Walmart in America to coach 10,000 people. Now, what does that mean in realistic terms? It means that it used to be just C-suite people that got coaching to get them a little bit further. What they've now realized is average people in the business are having major psychological issues and fears, and this is causing big problems. They're not gonna offer them sustainable work. Because of our model, the way we work, and which is very futuristic, we can offer as many people as necessary sustainable work because we're a trainer, trainer, trainer organization. We're interested in a social movement to change the way everybody thinks on the planet so they can interface effectively and consciously with AI. That is a massive challenge, a massive movement. It has to go quick. It has to have people seeing that they want a different future and they don't want to go down this, this abyss. And they have to elevate their thinking and not stay within their ego. We can do that together. So if people want to start to look at this opportunity, yes, it can give them an income. Can it give them a better income than they've got? Massively better. It just, is it going to be good for them? Are they going to enjoy it? Is it going to put a smile on their face? Yes, it is. Are they going to have KPIs and a manager and someone that works that they have to work for? No, they're not. They work for themselves to actually get somewhere within a co-creative and collective. So this is a very much a futuristic way of working. But it, it's, it's, you know, it's exactly the same as AI will work. AI won't go, oh, I've got to have a, a day off because I'm sick. AI won't go, um, oh, I don't like you. AI will basically work with other algorithms to optimize and expand. And it has all the investment in the world to do so. What we've created is an investment bank platform into human consciousness. So investors can actually invest into human beings, not in the entrepreneurial sense, but in the consciousness sense. And through their expansion, they can expand people's minds all over the world. 
This will solve global poverty. This will solve ignorance. This will give people roles in society. And the future currency of the human race will be on how much we can expand another person's mind, not how much money we've got in the bank and how much bills we've got to pay and debt we're in. This is a better future, much, much better. But, you know, you'll sit there, well, not you, Agnes, but many people will sit there and go, no, no, Kern, I don't want this better future. I want it the way it was when I was pretty miserable. I want to stay miserable. Much better that way. I think it's more about that it kind of almost sounds too good to be true and people are usually very skeptical when it comes to change. You're exactly right, because they've been lobotomized. Their brains have been removed and they're down into a fraction of their brain. They're in the stem of the brain. They're skeptical about everything and everything. Everybody's trying to get something over on them, but they've missed the point. They've got something over on themselves because the government and society wants them to conform. The problem isn't other people that they've been made scared of because we're in a divide and conquer society. If you haven't, you know, people haven't clued up on that. We're actually competing with each other all the time yeah. in everything. And, yeah, and, and sure. that, that means we can never work together. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, this, you know, the idea of socialism and communism, um, you know, I'm living in, in, a, in a world which is a democracy, but you start to realize that democracy is just communism and socialism with all the good things taken out. It's just an illusion. Really, we've got to change everything that we think and believe at the moment. We've got to reinvent it from the ground up. We've got to forget all the old paradigms of these particular words and feel what we feel relating to it. We've got to say, okay, working together as a human race is what's necessary for us to, to survive because it's not, you know, this is what well, in the next 10 years, we're going through an exponential growth curve of change. Artificial intelligence will race ahead. You've only got to study it at the moment and look at how robotics is improving in the last three years massively. You know, it's just you can see robots running through snow, jumping, doing some all sorts, all sorts of stuff when they were falling over three years ago. Just think of what the future is. You know, just this last year, AI beat, um, uh, you know, American fighter pilot in dogfights. OK, the simulated dogfights. But, you know, you know that that's what's expressed to the public. The American um, military is usually about 10 years ahead of what they're expressing to the public. So this is already here is what I'm saying. Yet people are going, oh, it might be tomorrow. The problem is today. COVID is your wake up call to actually starting to go, hang on a minute. The political systems, the economic systems, the religious systems, every system that I've been exposed to is there for my suppression. It's time for me to become the architect of my life and my society. And the only way I can do that is not on my own sitting in my front room, having a cup of coffee and watching, I don't know, Netflix. It's about starting to get together with people on a platform. It has to be a fully autonomous platform. Technology gives us this. We can work together without having to do the chasing of money and all this sort of stuff. We can work and create wealth for each other. There's an abundance on the planet that we don't have access to. This is why we're chasing these scraps and being skeptical because we're, you know, we've been had over so many times because the scrap keeps getting moved from one place to another. The, the doorposts get, sorry, the, the doors, you know, they, they all get, the doorposts get moved every time for us. And we go, okay, I'll, I'll give up. I'm just gonna give up and try and get, do my three score years and 10 and get through this bloody life and get out the other side. And then at that point, we try to hold on to something that was shit in the first place. I mean, it, it is inverted. We can change as a society. We can, and, and forget global warming, just forget it. You know, that will change straight away anyhow. The progression of AI will provide all the needs that we have because it's racing forward so quickly. But what's problematic for us as human beings is we do not have the capability in our own brains 
to use something called agile thinking to react to the changes that we're going to be faced with. And the problem with that is psychotic and neurotic episodes for people, self-harming, suicide, and real loss of social identity. This is what we're facing. It's, it is social Armageddon on a massive scale unless we wake up. Now, that's the powers that be fear that. They're putting in mechanisms to control us, uh, which they need to do. I totally agree with them because in the current mindset that they believe humanity can be and all that they can be, we are animals that will eat each other to survive. That's the way it is. And this is what you're seeing in society, a division. People are so afraid of each other. I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm quite happy to walk into a COVID ward, quite happy without a mask and go and kiss someone on the lips. I don't simply care. And it could be tongue or no tongue, up to them. Because there's a whole other way of looking at this because it isn't released. And what you have to look at, you might think I'm stupid, but, and, and you can put me to the test. I'm happy to do it. I'll go and kiss everybody in the COVID ward and I'll kiss everybody. They might not want to kiss me, of course, but that's a different thing. But what it is, is that we're, we're living in a world of fear. And in a world of fear, our immune system goes down. If our immune system goes down, we're vulnerable to almost anything. And if we become vulnerable, I'm, I'm going to give you a key example of this vulnerability. I knew someone in the last COVID episode that had asthma. They had an attack. It was a worse attack than normal for whatever reasons. The problem is, is when we've been exposed to on the television, if you've got these symptoms and if you've got these symptoms, we internalize it and go, shit, I've got a sore throat. Is that COVID? Oh, don't, I might die. I might die. It's an immediate reaction like that. I had the same thing on the first weekend of COVID and right at the beginning when Switzerland closed the stores. Uh, you know, uh, we, we sat there and I was thinking, you know, all these symptoms that I've got to look at, even if my big toe hurts, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. what it was there. They say, you know, oh, is my big toe hurting? Um, well, that's COVID. Um, and you get ridiculous and you, you go, oh, oh, I've got a sore throat. And now I, 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 thought I feel a bit hotter. I tested my temperature. It was like four, uh, 34.5. You know, within two hours, it was up to 37 and a half. I'm going, oh, I've got COVID. I, the temperature's going up. Okay. Now, there's something called a psychosomatic reaction. And we were, all the people that I met on the Monday, they all created, they all had symptoms of COVID over the weekend, by the way. So it was suggestion. And when you look at suggestion in the population, suggestion is very powerful with 10% of the population. That means if, you, if a doctor suggests something to you that you've got something, you're going to have it. Right. Um, 80% are mildly suggestible and 10% are resilient. So we know that there's a proportion of the population highly suggestible. This is fact. This is science. Okay. This is follow the science. Okay. No one talks about the psychological factors in this at all. You hear nothing at all. It's all about testing, testing, testing. But I'm going to tell you about psychological factors. So really, I experienced this because by, by Monday, my temperature had gone down. I didn't have COVID. I was just psychosomatically reacting to a fear-based situation. Now, this guy, he got this asthma attack and he phoned up the hospital and he got an ambulance. They took him to hospital without testing him because he was quite... The first thing when you go to hospital, you get something called white coat syndrome because your temperature goes up because you're in fear of what might happen. It's a natural reaction. It's a syndrome, not made by me, white coat syndrome. All right. And this means that when he goes there, he's starting to worry. His temperature's going up. They take his temperature and they say, oh, you've got COVID. They don't test him. And he's, he starts to panic. He has a panic attack. They start to say, well, OK, this is because your lungs are filling with liquid. He's having a panic attack. But what they're doing is they've been told that this is the symptoms. They're now projecting the symptoms onto him. 
Okay. Now, immediately they say, we've got to sedate you. So they sedate him. He wakes up three weeks later in the hospital. He thinks it's the next minute because he's been sedated. And the first thing he sees when he wakes up, this is a true story. First thing he sees is a, a nurse at the end of the bed praying, which isn't a good thing. And then he's got a doctor who comes and sees him and he says, I'm sorry, you've only got probably a few hours to live. There's nothing we can do for you. Your body is really uh, re melting down. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. I came in a minute ago. No, no, that was three weeks ago. You've been through a lot since then. Okay. So that guy, he thought to himself, I don't want to die. He said, I had a daughter, a young daughter. He said, I want to live for my daughter. I'm going to live. The moment he started to think he was going to live and chose to live, he started to get better. And he got better and better and better. There was another 30 people in that ward that all died. They didn't choose to live. What that tells you is that it's a, a lot of it is psychosomatic. A lot of it, and there are, and I'm going to go through it for you right now. There's white coat syndrome, first one, temperature goes up. Psychosomatic situation where your temperature can go up over 42 degrees with this, all right, because you're thinking something's happened. You've got um, a suggestion that the doctor is telling you you've got COVID. Now you're going to internalize that, okay? That means that you've got something called the nocebo effect. It's the, different, it's the twin, evil twin of the placebo effect. If you don't know what the placebo effect is, it's where if they do trials with COVID, they give half a placebo and half the real thing and then see what the difference between the trial. To see how powerful that is, a die guy, not a die, a guy died of the placebo COVID effect. He was never, he was injected with a saline, but he developed all the symptoms and died. Okay, this is how powerful that is. The nocebo is where you start to read potentially on a packet of, of, of pills that you've got these side effects. So as soon as you read the side effects, you internalize them and start to develop them. Okay, if you're one of the 10% suggestible, what do you think that happens? It happens massively. So if you go to a hospital, you get the white coat syndrome, you suddenly get a psychosomatic reaction, you suddenly get the nocebo effect because you're starting to be told by an authority figure this is what's going to happen. Then you get willed into a COVID ward, you've now got the environmental dynamics going on that's supporting this. You've got the stress of the nurses all around you that is increasing your stress level way up, way up. You're now getting something called toxic stress, which is causing your body to start to really be affected by this this is really stopping dropping your immune system it means you're open to more difficulties in hospitals because hospitals are breeding grounds of disease my granddad went in with food poisoning he came out dead what 20 years ago because he caught so much stuff in the old people's wards all right and, and that's another subject when they moved everybody out of the old people's wards last year um, and put them into nursing homes all they did nursing homes were clear of all disease that's what they are. Then they get moved to a, a hospital where people who have disease are. What they did to clear the beds for COVID was take all the people with disease and stick them in the nursing homes. That wasn't COVID disease. That was the disease they were in there, which could have been influenza, could be pneumonia, could be also. So what they did is they created all the deaths through complete incompetence and stupidity on a political decision in the, in the care homes and then covered it up by saying it was COVID. That's what's been happening. The, you've got lots of ass covering and you, you, you can you can go oh no that's just your thought i'm going to tell you right now in a hospital people are in hospital not because they're well it's because they're sick 
And if you take sick people where there's, they've got in beds after beds after beds, with some have got some kind of skin complaint, some kind of got, got some kind of disease or bug in them. And there's loads of these things in hospitals. And lots of people who are old go into hospital and come out dead because this is where they get killed because they're open to all this disease that they weren't open to at home. So if you do that, and it doesn't take, uh, it doesn't take Einstein to realise, let's take six people, sick people and put them in a care home where you've got vulnerable people who are in their elderly ears, very vulnerable. What is going to happen? Well, they're all going to die. And then you've got to go, oh, shit, well, well let's put COVID on the, on the death certificate. That's why so many people came out and said, they just want me to sign the death certificate to say it's got COVID on it. You know, it's, it's a complete bullshit. And because people are making completely ludicrous decisions in society, they're covering their asses. And people are going, I believe the bullshit that these politicians are saying again and again. And the doctors are going along with it because it's politically led. More bullshit on more bullshit. So we've got this whole problem that we've got to step out of right now and say enough is enough. You know, and say, look, just coming back to the SIBO again. You know, if you've got the nocebo effect, that's it. Then you go in and you, you're, you're manifesting the symptoms. These symptoms can kill you, even though they're psychologically generated. You get taken when you start to hyperventilate or put on oxygen. Okay, that's not working. Stick a thing down your throat. That disrupts your lungs, causes the liquid to come out. And they go, oh, that's the COVID because that's what they've been told to say. So ventilators is the way. No, ventilators isn't the way. It's to say to someone you're better. Oh, okay, thanks very much. I feel better now. Great. No, you're worse and worse. The problem once you go into an ICU ward is there's something called ICU syndrome. These are all factual things that no one ever gets told about. Once you've been in an ICU for two to three days, then you start to develop symptoms that can be a whole range of different things from anxiety to anger to stress to all sorts of things. You know, a myriad of stuff. It's not been researched massively, but it's a syndrome. And they realize it from people who've been in it for two to three days. What do you think is happening to someone who's been in ICU for three or four weeks? You know, they're going potty. Now, the other thing about it, which is again proven, they go, well, hang on a minute. These people in ICU are actually sedated. So how do they know anything? Well, your unconscious mind, and it's been proven again in, in operations where you put out the conscious mind, but the unconscious can listen and remember to everything going on around and can be reiterated. So all the unconscious minds sitting in there that have been sedated are listening to all the panic that's going on around. So that is suggesting to the unconscious mind that these people are going to die anyway. If you have a doctor sitting next to your unconscious mind, whispering to, you know, talking to the nurse going, well, he's over, he's a goner, mate. You know, <laughs> your unconscious mind is now developing these symptoms. You've got called a stacked reality of symptoms coming in here from the day you walked into that place and then you walk out dead. Now, you can either believe me or not, but <laughs> I don't really give a shit. What I care about is society. And if you're not actually stepping in the right direction, you're just part of the problem, not the solution. So park yourself up, sit yourself at home, wait until society changes, lose your job, become a victim, and then blame the leaders, okay? Or step on the other side and start doing something. Start actually collectively getting together and start working for a better world where we start to create the world that we want beyond the leaders. Stop looking for leaders and take responsibility for your own decisions. Start taking that responsibility now, not tomorrow, not the next day. We're on a very short time window here because the technocrats in the world, the people that think they know stuff, that don't know stuff because they're working within a little box and want 
absolutely right for the Nobel Prize or whatever it is that they want, are really leading us down the garden path. And it's going to get very messy. So it's a very serious message. So for everyone who wants to take action and find out more, make sure to check out councilforhumandevelopment.org and please share the podcast with your friends on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter with the hashtag Council for Human Development.